as we begin to look beyond the obvious, watch this. End of the road, boys. Wait a minute. You have eluded fate and you have eluded me for the last time. Tie their hands, boys. Please look down and recognize us, poor sinner. Please, Lord. I just want to see my daughters again. I've been separated from my family for so long. I know I've been guilty of pride and sharp dealing. I'm sorry that I turned my back on you, Lord. Forgive me. Now, obviously, those hayseeds, as they refer to themselves in the movie, uh, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? They uh, very much anticipated, obviously, they were going to be hung. They were going to be executed that way. But something beyond the obvious suddenly took place, and that was the valley they were standing in was flooded to make way for a new dam and a new hydroelectric plant. And so you never really know what's going to happen in life. And it leads us to the thought that there are a couple ways we can live our lives, and there's a couple ways we can live our lives as Christians. And these would be inside the obvious or beyond the obvious. Now, if we're going to live inside the obvious in things, we're going to live in the way things normally happen or the way things commonly happen or the way things always seem to happen. But, you know, we also can live beyond the obvious of things, beyond the normal, beyond the common, that is beyond the normal and common ways that things happen, beyond the ways that things always seem to happen. As I think about this, it reminds me of one of my favorite of all stories and illustrations. You have heard it before. You will hear it again. I'll just warn you right now. But this story is about a tiger, beautiful animal, And, you know, born to live out in the wild. And unfortunately, this tiger got caught. And so he had to spend his life inside of a gilded circus cage. And uh, certainly he got out here and there. You know, he got to go out to practice for the shows. He got to go out for the shows. But other than that, he never really got to leave his cage. And certainly it was a beautiful cage. And it would be taken along in parades and it would be transported to other cities. But all he pretty much did was either lay down in the cage and sleep or get up occasionally and walk a couple steps in one direction, turn around and walk a couple steps back because that's all the room he had. Well, after years of service, the circus decided to sell him to a wildlife refuge where he could live out the rest of his days in freedom and in peace. And so they transported him there in a not-so-gilded cage. And, of course, when they got there, they opened up the cage to let him out but he was not real certain about the surroundings so he decided he was just going to lay in the cage as he usually and normally did and he would take a couple steps this way and turn around and take a couple steps back that's all he did and the wildlife refuge kind of got frustrated so they finally had to put him to sleep to drag him out of the cage and when they did and he woke up this is what he decided to do He found a little mound of land about the same size as the couch. He just went over there, laid down, and went to sleep. Of course, he got up, and when he did, he took a couple steps in one direction. Then he turned around, took a couple steps back, and that's the way he lived the rest of his life. Because you see, mentally, 
For him, he still was in a cage. Even though he was completely free to run all over the place, he could not conceive of anything beyond a couple steps this way and a couple steps back. And the truth is in life, that really applies to all of us. And Jesus talks about this in John's 10th chapter and 10th verse in the New International Version when he says this, the thief comes, and the thief he's referring to here is Satan. And what he's talking about here is this. You see, Satan often comes and occupies the obvious, causing us to see our lives as if, as if we are living in a confined space. You see, in much the same way the tiger couldn't conceive of anything outside of what he had known, we find ourselves, like the picture on the screen, in a, in a cage of sorts ourselves. In terms of the way we look at things in life mentally, and we look at things in life spiritually and emotionally, there are places in our lives where we are confined to that cage, even though we would be free to move way beyond those. That's what Jesus is talking about here. And so he says, yes, the thief Satan comes only to steal. You see, the thing he comes to steal is the freshness of life. God wants us to have a freshness in each day of our life. Think about your life every day. Wouldn't you love to have freshness in that life every day? That's the way God created you to live. And Satan comes to steal that. He also comes to kill any confidence that you might have that you can live beyond the normal and beyond the usual in this life. Satan also comes to destroy that divine nature that God placed in you for something beyond the usual and beyond the normal, beyond the obvious things of life. But that's not all Jesus said. Jesus also said that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In other words, Jesus says, I have come so that you can experience that freshness in your life every day. I have come so you can have confidence that there's more to life than just the usual and the ordinary. But you can go beyond that in life. And you're created to live for more than that in life. Yeah, you're created to live a divine life beyond the obvious. That's why I've come. And that is life to the full. So when we look at beyond the obvious, the first thing we have to do is to look beyond the obvious. In other words, we've got to conceive that there is more of life then the day-to-day, usual, common way things always happen. And that's how God created us to live. And we see an illustration of that in Luke's 20th chapter, verses 19 and 20 in the New International Version, which says, The teachers of the law, they came, and they hoped to catch Jesus in something. You see, what they hoped to catch Jesus in would be something that would allow them to steal him away from the crowds. Because as he came out in his public ministry, was teaching and healing people, crowds were coming around him in greater and greater numbers. And so the chief priests hoped they could find something to catch him, to steal him away from the crowds. They also wanted to kill him, quite literally kill him. And so they hoped to find something that would allow them to do that. And also, they wanted to destroy that divine sense of God, that divine nature that he was sharing with people and people were crowding around. They didn't want that. They just wanted things to stay the same. They wanted their usual life and their usual way of conducting life. And they didn't want anything that this Jesus had to offer outside of the usual, the ordinary, or the obvious to them. And so in verses 22 and 23, we 
see that they came and they asked Jesus this question. They said, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not pay taxes to Caesar? You see, there were really two choices they had there. In their worldview, it was just those two things. But here's how Jesus responded to that. Jesus said to them, show me a denarius. Denarius is the coin of that time. So somebody, you know, brought a coin and you said, hey, let's uh, take a look at it. Whose portrait is inscribed on it? Caesar, they replied. And so he said to them, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And astonished by his answer, they became silent. You see, for them, it was either we pay or we don't pay. But what Jesus did, he brought into the conversation something totally different, way beyond what they expected, way beyond what the usual or common answer would be. And that was God. And so as a result of that, they were astonished and they were silent. It's funny, this week I saw an interview with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder in the NBA. He's the leading scorer in the league, over 30 points a game. And the next closest score to him is like three or four points behind. So he is really way out there. And so a reporter interviewed him about the astounding season that he is having after the game. And the reaction for what he said was kind of like this. Watch. You're smiling now, but there's been a pronounced edge to the way you've played this season. What is triggering that edge? What goes into a streak to get you to the level you've been at over these last 12 games? What goes into that, Kevin? My God. That's all I have to say. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're not nothing to do with it. Uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> well, as you heard there, after he said that, there was kind of a pregnant pause, wasn't there? And then a really nervous laugh. She was astonished by his answer, and it made her silent. So much so that she said, I'm going to pass it back off to the other guy, Mike. And she was laughing as she did that, and you could hear at the beginning of his way. He was laughing, too, like, oh, my goodness. But you see, that's what happens when we hear something beyond the usual, beyond the normal, that God's a part of that and God's behind that. It is astounding. And people are made silent by that and just the awe of that. So beyond the obvious, first of all, you've got to look beyond the obvious. You've got to, in your worldview, say, God has more to life than this. And I need to begin looking for that, anticipating that as I live each day. Second thing we need to do is we need to pray beyond the obvious. Now, in Matthew 6, chapter, verses 9 through 13 in the New King James Version, the disciples prior to this said, Jesus teaches how to pray. And so this is Jesus' response to that. It's the Lord's Prayer. We all are very familiar with that. And in it, Jesus said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, as I was saying that, some of you in your head may have been sort of saying it too because it's just so familiar to us. And I think in a lot of ways, it's sort of like, if you will, the Pledge of Allegiance. Because, you know, you can say the Pledge of Allegiance as well, and you never really hear the words, it never really impacts your heart. I think the same thing is true with the Lord's Prayer. But you see, this is not just a usual common prayer, even though we sort of think it is. It is a prayer of the very unusual. It's way beyond obvious things. Now, there's a couple parts in it that are, that are kind of obvious to us, like, the part that says, give us this day our daily bread, and the, the middle line there. Yeah, that, that's normal, that's common. 
But when we pray to God, your kingdom come, can you imagine if the kingdom of God really came here on earth? That's not normal. That's way beyond normal. That's way beyond the obvious. And then in a similar fashion, God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Could you imagine if his will was done here all over the earth, just like it was in heaven? It would be like heaven. That's pretty out there. That's pretty beyond the normal. And the next part, forgive us our debts. Yeah, I think that's something we do. Yeah, God, forgive me. No, I blew this. Forgive me. But how often do we pray for God to help us to forgive others? Somebody burns you. Somebody does something to you. And maybe they do it over and over and over again. And how often do we really go, God, uh, forgive this person and help me to forgive them? Something not quite as normal, not quite as usual. And then two, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. I mean, this is, this is spiritual, ethereal stuff. It's a battle that's gone on in our hearts way beyond us. And then for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we can be a part of that kingdom and that power and a reflection of his glory now. And let me tell you what, that's way beyond the normal again. So this isn't just some normal everyday prayer that we know about. It is a beyond normal, beyond the obvious kind of prayer. And you see, Jesus says we need to pray that way as well. We need to look beyond the normal and the obvious to see that that's really the way the world is and that's how God has created us. And then we need to pray in that way as well. And sometimes we are just, everything's kind of going okay, and we can pray that. In fact, God wants us to pray it every day. And it's great when things are kind of going okay in your life and you pray that. It's like, okay, God, (laughs) something more is going to be going on here. But sometimes we have to pray it because stuff is not going right in our lives. And we're like, oh, God, this is unusual. I'm in an unusual place. I'm in an uncommon or not a normal place. And so sometimes we have to pray it that way. I had that opportunity, the blessing of that, I think you could say. And when I say that, I kind of say that with a wink too, the blessing of that. But prior to Christmas, it had to do with our homeless Christmas. And I just uh, pulled this. This is still on Channel 9's page, their website. Features a little short video that they did. And that's Carol handing out on the bottom left-hand corner of the screen there, a sandwich. And so what happened was, is we prepared to uh, do what we normally do. And uh, the last couple years has been great. TV stations have picked it up. This is a a screenshot from the Channel 6 piece they did, Lending a Helping Hand at Eola Park. And we always did that at the Red Pagoda, if you remember from recent years, right there on the park. And the next year was Channel 9. There's Carol with the backdrop of the, the lake and yours truly and East Point Community Church right there on television. It was really, really cool. And so I go down to the uh, City Parks Department and I say, okay, let me have our feeding permit. And they go, well, you know, um, we already gave one to some church that asked back in January, and we're only going to have one this year. And so, no, you can't have a feeding permit. Well, I was shocked. We've been doing this for six years. So it was like, okay, God, what do we do now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is going to be really outside the normal for us. So he reminded me, if you'll notice on the other side of the lake there, there's a church, uh, and behind the church in the parking lot, they typically feed three to 400 people uh, a night. It's different churches and organizations come in and do that. So I went and contacted them. They said, yeah, it'd be great, no problem. So uh, well, we were riding along that for about a week, and then after that they took it to the final higher-ups in the church, and they said, no, nah, not on Christmas morning. So that didn't become an option. And now we are like right before Thanksgiving, and we have no place to do our homeless Christmas. And then God said to me, well, how about that uh, parking lot over by the day building? See in the upper right-hand corner of the map there. 
And so I contacted them. It's a great parking lot right before Thanksgiving. Of course, it was before Thanksgiving. So we had to wait several days after Thanksgiving into the next week. And now we are just a few days from the 1st of December. And they said, well, we'd like to, but you know, our insurance company won't permit it. And I'm like, what? Where in the world are we going to find a place to do homeless Christmas? And you guys know this is something that we've done for years. There are more people outside the church that come and help than there are us inside the church. Uh, We put it on the Z88 website. Uh, Tyler on the morning show, you know, mentions it for us. What are we going to do? Where can we do this? And the only option that we saw at that time was the city said, well, why don't you go over there and do it at Paramore Heritage Park? But it's almost a mile away from the park down Central Avenue. And although it's a nice spot, somehow it just didn't feel right. And then the lady at the church who initially said we could have it there and then got out overruled said, I have a friend over on Orange Blossom Trail. and seeing the lower left-hand corner, another little X appear there. And uh, she said, he has a storefront church there, and he deals with the homeless. I'm sure you could do it there. And we looked at him and said, well, where? I mean, there's hardly any place at all in the parking lot. People get run over in the road. It's just so small. So we decided that we wouldn't be able to do it there. So where could we have homeless Christmas? By this time, we're in the first week in December, and we've got no place to have homeless Christmas. And so the only spot was where the X's that grew a little bit larger there on Central Avenue, the Paramore Heritage Park. The obvious thing to do was to go down to the city and go, okay, we're going to do it here, get a permit, and start putting all the publicity out to all the people that have helped us in the past, the Z88, the website, to Tyler on the morning show. But somehow it just didn't feel right. We prayed for that. That was obvious. It didn't seem right. And so as we're sharing this with different people, something rather surprising and unusual happened. Our friend Jeffrey, most of you guys know Jeffrey. He's the homeless fellow we've known for years now. We've helped uh, to get the uh, little mini warehouse behind him there, and that is his business, uh, and uh, sometimes that's his home. Uh, and uh, he does uh, salvage work, and this week I, we got $85 off of salvaging some stuff, so that was pretty cool. But, but Jeffrey, who's homeless, said, you know what, I know the person that collects uh, the parking fees at the lot next to the church. Not behind the church, but next to the church, one on Roslyn. I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good space, and uh, you probably, you know, he, he probably let us use it. So I said, great, ask him. So he comes back and says, Bill, he said, we could use it. Woohoo! That's great. Thank you, God. I said, well, give me his number so I can call him and confirm that. He goes, I don't have his number. What? I said, well, I have to, I, I have to talk to him before I put out all this publicity. I can't just, you know, I, I trust you. I know he said that, but I have to hear it myself. The buck stops with me. And so I continue to pray about it. And so now it's like the second week in December. And then finally he gets back and says, yeah, we, he said we can do it. And here's the number. And I called him and said, yeah, it'd be fine. <sighs> well, let me tell you, this is way beyond the normal. This is way beyond the obvious. Uh, and so... I was able then to put it on Z88's website. And, of course, it was two weeks before Christmas. They said, you know, post your things two weeks before the event. So I'm like, oh, great. It's not even going to be there. Thankfully, it was there uh, only after about a week. And I called Tyler, and she said, hey, just, you know, send me the information, and we'll, we'll put it on the air for you. And I put the email out to all the other people that have helped in the past. And then that morning came. I'm like, okay, God. You know, I'm, I'm feeling... Uh, way outside my comfort zone here. This is really weird. We're in this parking lot across the street, completely other side of park. We already we even told all the homeless people the last several times we've been there, at 9 o'clock at the pagoda. So what I decided to do was 
to go there at 9 o'clock. We also, if that wasn't enough, we decided to do it an hour later to make it easier for all you guys that prepare stuff. So I put a couple flyers up over there. You know, Homeless Christmas, 10 a.m. across the street from the park, next to the church, the address. And also walked all the way around the park that morning and, and told people about it. Here's how all that turned out. And you've, some of you have seen some of this before, but watch this. Out of that came lots of people. Instead of the usual 200 we had kind of grown to, that morning we had 300 people. And also, Charlie was able to capture this really incredible photograph of that morning. It's as if God's light is shining down on all that are there and saying, yeah, I had something beyond the obvious for you, something that would be bigger than what you'd have before. And not only that, but we also had parking right behind it, which made things really easy. And it really was incredible. And you see, that's the way God works. You know, we are set in what we think we know and what we believe and what we feel. And God says, I have created you for something more than that. And so you've got to look beyond the obvious. Understand that in your worldview. You've got to pray beyond the obvious. Sometimes... It, you're doing that and things are just normal and you're looking like, oh, something, something beyond this is going to happen perhaps today and something that I'm doing or saying. But sometimes we have to do it when something unusual happens or goes wrong in our life. But the principle is the same. God wants you to go beyond where you are. And we see this prayer. It's uh, Paul speaking to the church at Philippi, Philippians 1, 9 and 10 in the New International Version. Paul says this, this is my prayer. And he's saying that to the church, but he's also saying to us, this needs to be your prayer. This needs to be your prayer that your love, God, the love we feel, may it abound more and more. You see, when we often pray, we pray as if we sort of know what's going to happen or, or God, would you bless our agenda? Paul is saying, don't start that way. Start saying, God, I'm agendaless. Fill me with your love that it may abound in me more and more. And as we do that in our lives, what happens is, his knowledge and depth of insight he imparts to you the scripture says so you may be able to discern you may be able to spiritually receive you may be able to spiritually see and spiritually in a sense figure out what it is that god wants for you and what he always wants for you is is the best that mean that everything goes perfectly in your life and everything according to your plans turns out in the best way but he wants what's best for you under whatever circumstances it is you're going through. And so this is how we're to pray, beyond the obvious. That fill me more and more with your love so that I can know the knowledge and have the depth of your insight to be able to spiritually discern, that is receive and see and understand what you have for me. Thus is beyond the obvious to, to look. And we see that we need to pray. But there's another, another part of this. Another part of this is that we need to live beyond the obvious. 1 Corinthians 10.31 in the New International Version says this, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 
Now, this afternoon, you guys know, is the Super Bowl. And most of the reason the Super Bowl goes on is for the glory of the teams, the glory of the players, the glory of the fans, the glory of the hometown that the teams are from. But I want to say there is somebody playing in the Super Bowl today. In fact, he's one of the two quarterbacks. And he says he's playing for something very different. His name is Russell Wilson. He's with the Seattle Seahawks. Watch this. Well, you know, I'm Russell Wilson. I was born in Richmond, Virginia. I, I got saved though when I was about 14 years old, and um, that's when my life started changing. I used to be a bad kid. You know, I wouldn't be where I am today without Jesus. You know, we talk about playing for an audience of one. You know, the audience of one truly is, you know, playing for the Lord, playing for Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, every time I step out, people always ask me, Russell, do you ever get nervous for games or do you ever, like, worry or anything like that? No, not at all. You know, when I step out on the field, God's put me on that field for a reason in front of 80,000 people um, for a reason. Uh, and and I, I truly believe that through my play, hopefully, that I can change people's lives. You see, he's not nervous because he's not playing for 80,000. Actually, today he'll be playing for 110 or 120 million people who are watching him. He's playing for an audience of one, playing for God, playing for his Lord Jesus Christ. That is how God wants us to live our lives. He says, I don't worry. We don't need to worry either. He says, I'm not stressed by 80,000 people watching me because I've just got my eyes on the one. And that's what we need to do with our lives as well. How could a backup quarterback in high school ever make it to the Super Bowl to play to an audience of one? It's very unusual. It's beyond the normal. It's way beyond what was ever obvious in his life. So whatever you do, everything you do, anything you do, do it for the glory of God. Do it as if something beyond the obvious is going to happen as a result of you doing it. Because you never know when it will. And it may not happen every time, obviously, but it is going to happen with some regularity in your life. The more and the more you look that way. And live that way. Philemon 1.6 in the New Living Translation says, Put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. You see, God very generously wants us to live beyond the normal and beyond the obvious. And he wants us to put that into action in our life. And it does come out of our faith. It's not something you can see or touch, but it's a matter of faith. And as we do that, we will understand and experience all of the goodness of God. All that he wants for us in our lives that we have in Christ. Second Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17, the New International Version, tells us more about it. It says, May our Lord Jesus Christ encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. When you live beyond the obvious, Jesus does encourage us. God encourages us, our hearts. God strengthens us. And everything we do and we say, the goodness of that becomes more apparent and more obvious to us. We can enjoy that with the freshness that he designed for us to have and to live with. And you may have heard the song, Steal My Show, Toby Mac. It really is so much about what we're talking about this morning. It really, really focuses on that. And so here's Toby's explanation of what's behind the cleanup song. We have this thing at my house called the cleanup song. So every day after dinner, I put a song through our sound system in our kitchen. So we're cleaning up, dancing around the kitchen. Everybody's got a job. 
Um, but when I'm working on a record, whatever I'm working on tends to be the cleanup song for a couple weeks. So Steal My Show, this song was the cleanup song. After a few nights of playing it, I was putting my five-year-old Judah to bed. And he said, um, he said, Daddy, you know that, the cleanup song, your new song, Steal My Show. I said, yeah. He goes, how can you steal a show? And I just could, you know, in his mind, it's like picking up a show and walking out the door with it. And I say, well, if, if like four bands play in one night and one band just kills it, they stole the show. And then he said, he's my thinker, by the way. He's like, well, then why would you be asking someone to steal your show? And I say, well, dad's asking God to take his show and do something bigger than dad could ever do with it. Dad's asking God to steal his show. And I think the thing about that song that I would want people to know is it, it applies to everybody. Uh, no matter what you do, no matter who you are, uh, you have a life and you could take it and make it yours. Or you could give it away and have God do something bigger with it than you could ever imagine. Something beyond the obvious is going to happen. Because it will. And do that every day. Pray that every day. Live that every day. Because that's the way God has created us. To live beyond the obvious in your life every day. Live beyond the obvious in your plans every day. Beyond the obvious in your heart each day. Beyond the obvious in your dreams every day. Even living beyond the obvious in your fears each day. Beyond the obvious in your family and your career. So look, pray, and live beyond the obvious. That's what God created you to do. Join me as we pray. Most gracious God, thank you so much for your son Jesus Christ and him pointing us to the greater things of life beyond just the everyday normal stuff. And yes, we need to live in that. You've created us to live in that. But you haven't created us to just live in that. But in certain times and places and ways as you got us beyond that, beyond the obvious. So help us to look at life that way, to pray each day in our life that way, and to live our lives that way. This we humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen.